You're listening to Emmanuel Christian Center's podcast. Join us today as we jump into our series on the book of Acts. We'll see the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit and the followers of Jesus through obstacles, growth, miracles, and joy. The book of Acts is not only the story of those early disciples, it's our story too, a story to be continued. So get ready, God is on the move. How many of you love Jesus this morning? Let me hear it, come on. I know Passionate has officially welcomed everyone, especially those watching online, but I absolutely have to use this moment to say again, good morning and especially welcome to our Elk River location. Let's hear it for our Elk River location. I'm missing you this morning. I'll be right back with you again next week, but today I'm excited to bring forth the message. I know Passionate already mentioned who I am. I'm Brian, and I love what I do. I'm going to introduce you to my family. There's a screen in front of you there. My wife, Joy, of 23 years, this coming next, July 31st, is coming right up next week, and so uh, her and I have been a part of Emmanuel for over 25 years. Uh, We met here, got married here. We have four wonderful children, Jocelyn, who is 21 years old, Joelle, who is 20, Braden is 17, and Joanna is 14, and my wife is none of y'all business year old, right? And so, you guys ready to jump into this today? We're going to continue our series on the book of Acts. We're in season two, episode three. And uh, just to give you a quick brief recap, uh, if you've missed any of season one, which started back on June 5th, encourage you to go check it out. It's so good. Uh, Two weeks ago, we started off season two, where our very own Lakeville location pastor, Pastor Joe Banks, brought forth the message. And in that message, he impacted that the gospel is available to not only the Jewish people, but it's also available to the Gentiles, which means the gospel is available to every single person. Amen? Come on, amen, someone. All right. And then Pastor Nathan did a great job last week, and he talked about as the church continues to grow, there comes new challenges, doesn't there? New questions, but we still must hold on to grace. We must hold on to the word of God, and we must hold on to Jesus's community. And as we've been in this book of Acts during this series, we've been seeing God do powerful things each and every week, and we've been seeing signs and wonders and miracles, not only through the scriptures, but we've been hearing of these signs and wonders and miracles, even in the context of our locations, and even from those online as well. So God is up to something, amen? And the cool thing about this is we learn from week one is that this was not only supposed to stay in Jerusalem. This was supposed to go to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And truly, we are seeing through the book of Acts, and even today, that the church is in motion. Amen? How many of you get excited about that? We should be getting excited the fact that the gospel is moving even today. And he's wanting to use people like he did, the 120 that were gathered in the upper room. And then the disciples and the apostles, and Peter and Paul, We saw Cornelius, we saw Barnabas, we saw Lydia, we saw so many that's been included in the story. And simply put, when you see the power of God at work, and that his kingdom is advancing, how many of you know, it's just contagious. You want to just jump in on this thing and say, I want to be a part of that too. And the good news is that the gospel is available to every single person, and God continues to look for people to make a difference in this world, and you and I get to be a part of that. And so today we're going to continue our series with the message that we've entitled, Go Make a Difference. Say that with me this morning. Go make a difference. Now, growing up as a 10-year-old when I wasn't playing baseball, literally in the sandlot, or playing video games in my parents' basement, I was a part of a bike gang. Yes, Pastor Brian, I'm a former gang member. I'm sure you can tell 
And, uh, but we were part of a bike gang, and this gang wasn't known for, for getting into trouble or, or, or doing bad things. This gang was known for doing good things. And we noticed there was a growing number of needs happening in our small neighborhood, and we wanted to do something about it, right? And so we got a bunch of kids together on their bikes and say, we're gonna do this, we're gonna put this gang together, and we're gonna call ourselves the, the do-gooders, right? Super original, I know. It's not your gang, it was mine. We called it what we wanted to, right? The do-gooders. We didn't have jackets, we didn't have matching t-shirts, but let me assure you, we were still cool. We were still cool. And we would simply jump on our bikes, and we'd pedal them around, and we would mow people's yards, we would rake their yards, we would go on missions to find lost pets, we would deliver a cup of sugar to Mrs. Hansen who lived down in the cul-de-sac. It was a pretty cool thing, right? And so we had our little clubhouse, our hideaway in my friend Benjamin's parents' garage, and that's just what we did. It was so cool that even the parents begin to catch on and say, what these kids are doing in our community is pretty cool. Let's start paying them. And how many of you know as a 10-year-old, that's a pretty good side hustle, right? Like, hey, we're making money for this. This is a cool thing, right? So we were excited we were making money, but overall we were excited because we simply felt that we were making a difference in our neighborhood. And I think that's the tension we all feel. We all feel as if we want to make a difference in this world. In fact, inside of every one of us, I believe there's a deep, innate desire to make a difference, to make an impact in this world and I don't think there's anyone gathered here today or at any of our locations or watched online, I don't think there's anyone here that wants to live a life that is boring. We don't want to live a life that's mundane or stuck in neutral, but I believe we all want to discover our purpose. We want to make a difference in this world, which is why Emmanuel uh, often talks about making sure that we go through growth track. Growth track is an important, important piece of recognizing what God has done inside of you and how he wants to use those gifts in the world around us. And so if you've yet to go through growth track, I encourage you to go do that. Don't do it for us. Do it for yourself. Turn to the person next to you and say, I want to make a difference. You guys ready to dive into this today? In our portion of scripture, it takes place during Paul's second missionary journey. And in this specific moment in scripture, he's with uh, Paul's with Silas, and they're in a city of Philippi, and spoiler alert, they're, they're going to be thrown into prison, but I want to do today, I want us to all see in the scripture that even though they're being thrown into prison, that we're going to watch God miraculously still use them to make a difference, and at the same time, I'm going to give us three uh, takeaways and how God wants to use us as well to make a difference, and so if you want God to use you, number one, show up. Turn to the person next to you and say, show up. Or maybe you should turn to them and say, thank you for showing up today. All right, if you got your Bibles, pull them out, paper Bibles, electronic Bibles, the Emmanuel MN app, go ahead and open them up to Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 23. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. And this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. 
And they are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. And a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. And they were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. The scripture talks and starts off by saying one day. Everyone say one day. One day they were going down to their place of prayer. For Paul and, and Silas and those who traveled with them, they had developed these regular routines or these daily practices that included going down to their place of prayer. And then as they were showing up, it, it caused them to take notice of this little girl. Church, I think, I think half the battle sometimes is us just showing up. I mean, think about that for a moment. You all have regular routines or daily practices that you have a part of your life that may include showing up to your place of prayer. It might be getting your kids ready for the day. It might be getting ready for the day and driving to work. It might be stopping, yes, at that same coffee shop that you stop at every single day. It might be going to school. It might be uh, the business that you run. Whatever it might be, we do those things every single day. We not only need to be fully present physically, we need to be fully present spiritually as well, amen? Our spiritual antennas need to be up every single moment of the day, being aware of our surroundings, saying, say, God, help me to look around me. Help me to recognize the things that are happening, the people that are around me. Help me to listen to the things that are happening around me. Listen to the people that you've put in my pathway and how to take notice of the divine appointments that I believe God puts in front of our pathway every single day. You ever thought about it from that angle? There's divine appointments that God puts in front of us every single day, but how often are we actually acknowledging them or noticing them? God, help us to see those things. You see, God uses people who are in motion. And because they were on their way to their place of prayer, this demon-possessed girl got to experience freedom. Let me say that again. Because they were on their way to their place of prayer, this demon-possessed girl got to experience freedom. You see, like Paul and Silas, I believe your one day, I, I believe my one day, our one day of getting up in the morning, our one day of getting our kids ready for the day, our one day of driving to work, our one day of going to that same coffee shop to see the same barista every single day, our one day of sitting next to someone in the lunchroom, our one day of going to work could be someone else's day for hope. Someone else's day for salvation or breakthrough, healing or freedom. Amen? Reminds me of a story. A team that we took from here, Emmanuel, to go to Mexico City to work with our, our partners, Larry and Melody Gritzmacher. And we were on our way to go to this church. We all piled into this, this van and we were all excited about going serving at this church for special church services. And we remember driving a long distance. And when we arrived, what we thought was our destination, we all get out and we're like, Larry, where's this church at, right? We're, we're ready to do this. He says, no, the church isn't here. The, the church is up there. And you point up to the top of this mountain he says, hey, let me tell you, though, that the, the vehicles can't necessarily go up this road. It's not the safest uh, conditions to do so. So we're going to walk. And how many of you know, uh, we were no longer as excited as we were when we were in the van saying, all right, where's this church, right? And so, but Larry said, and he insisted, no, we're going to do this. We're going to show up because this church doesn't always get the missionaries. 
This church doesn't always get the, the, the special groups that come in for these special services. And so we're like, fine, Larry, let's do this, right? And so we climb this mountain on the way up. We're handing out all the different flyers. We we're talking to many people as we could on the way up. And we're like, you've got to come up for these special services. And remember, after a long, hot journey of walking up that mountain, we finally got to the top. Went down this long road where the church was and we kind of got settled in, unpacked our stuff and came time for the evening services start and 12 people show up, 12. And we're like, all right. So we took our team, combined them with these 12 people and we crammed ourselves into this room that was literally no bigger than most of our bedrooms. And I vividly remember there being two small light bulbs hanging from the ceiling. When you go on a mission trip, sometimes those things just stick out to you. Which on a side note, I encourage you, if you have yet to be on a mission trip, check out one of our Kingdom Builders teams. We've got them going all throughout the years, and so go ahead and check those things out as well. And it came time for this service to start. And we sang our songs. We did our skits. A few of us shared our testimonies, and then Larry Gritzmacher shared the message that night. At the end, he gave everyone the opportunity and invitation to know Jesus and there's those moments where any pastor or missionary, whoever, you may be asking for those moments for the raised hands, and there's this pause. It's like, I hope someone's gonna raise their hand. Is there gonna be? Is there not gonna be? And there was this awkward, long pause where there was nothing going on until one hand goes up. And as this man's hand went up, you could begin to hear him cry, and you see the tears coming down on his face. And as that hand went up, he says, Necesito a Jesus. Necesito a Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And it was a powerful moment. And after the service, Larry comes, he walks up to me and he leans into me and says, that is why we show up. That is why we show up. You see, that's the... That's the heart and the simplicity of the gospel is that we have a God who loves us so much that he sent his son to come to this earth. And in that moment, he cared enough to climb the highest mountain to go visit the most remote village, the most remote, remote church, to go down the furthest road to the furthest church to show up on the doorstep and say, I'm here. I have shown up. I care for you. You matter to me. And I love you. You see, if you want God to use you to make a difference, it starts with showing up. If you want God to use you, number two, dare to be different. Dare to be different. Now, if you can imagine this moment, this demon-possessed girl was making a lot of money for her masters, and now this, this girl's been freed, right? And so now they're upset, and like, this, this, this girl's not gonna make us money anymore. They're exploiting her for the wrong things, right? And so... Then they get thrown into jail. I want to continue this story with you as we take it up now in verse 24 of Acts chapter 16. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon. Listen to part of these, the scriptures here, powerful. And clamped their feet in stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. I'm just trying to picture that for a moment. It's midnight, and there's people singing. It's a side note, right? I don't know if you, but just super annoying, like, what's going on? Why are these guys singing this moment? You're bothering me, I'm trying to sleep. I got enough problems of my own, and you know you're singing, right? 
Suddenly, everyone say suddenly. There was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. And all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Now, they were simply going about their business, doing what the Lord had asked them to do. This is during their second missionary journey, right? God has been directing their paths every single way. They could have very easily taken out their card and said, this is my this is not fair card. But they didn't do that. They chose to be different. You see, our greatest moments of witness often come when we are wronged. Our greatest moments of witness often come when we're going through difficulty or experiencing hurt. It reminds me of another story of a longtime friend of mine and a faithful friend of Emmanuel who attends our Elk River location, Bonnie Wass. It's now married Bonnie Salisbury. She was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2018. Of course, like you and I, when we receive that news from the doctor, there's an initial wave of concern, fear, sadness, worry, lots of questions. But nonetheless, she continued to be optimistic, full of faith, full of hope. And she had a peace that surpasses all understanding. And she continue to walk that road, and she looked at all the different treatment options. She had surgery to, to remove that tumor. She began to take the pill form of chemo, which she would say nearly killed her. She took naturopathic therapy. She then had another year and a half of a regular chemotherapy. She had two infusions of immunotherapy causing rheumatoid arthritis, right? When you just think it's like getting worse and the domino effect, she was experiencing that every step of the way. And then through the years, her cancer had moved from stage three to stage four, massetized colon cancer. In her words, that would be her death sentence. She moved to Arizona, continued to try to take the treatments that she felt her body could handle that moment. And she remained optimistic, continued full of faith and believing that God was still going to heal her. And I'm here to tell you this past January, her oncologist told her, that after her CT scan and PET scan, that both scans were completely free of cancer. Come on. Come on, that's, that's our God right there, come on. Now that's the best part of the story, right? But it doesn't stop there because then her oncologist said this. I have listened and I have watched so many people go through their journey with cancer, but you, Bonnie, you have been remarkable. I don't know last time you had your doctor tell you that you're remarkable, but that's a pretty cool thing, right? That something of this doctor stood out like, you're different. You're, you're doing something that I haven't always seen or heard from the other people that are going through this. You are remarkable. And just like Bonnie, Paul, and Silas, think about that. They're in jail. Their feet are in stocks. And they're worshiping. They're worshiping. They're daring to be different. Their focus was on God and not their situation. I believe that it changed everything. And I know that we too are going to be going through hardships. And there may be a season that we do need to focus on ourselves, do our due diligence and do what we're told to do or asked to do for our own, our own self. 
but it's also the greatest opportunity to show the people around us that there is something different inside of us. Looking around this room and at our locations, even online, I, I get that you might be experiencing pain. I get that you might be experiencing the death of a loved one and being a widow is nothing that you would have wanted to sign up for. And you're super lonely, I get that. I get that you might have sickness in your own life or body. I get that your son or daughter may not be serving the Lord. I get that your marriages might be struggling. I get, even in this moment, some of you might even be watching this from your prison cell. But church, this is our opportunity to sing a different song. Come on, this is our opportunity to sing a different song. And maybe it's the willingness to be different in how you act. It might be a, a difference in how you react. It might be a difference in how you work or how you may focus or how you may forgive or how you may respond on social media. Come on, somebody. It might be a willingness to be dare to be different to share the love of Christ. So I'll tell you something. I'll remind you what the scripture said. The other prisoners were listening. The other prisoners were listening. In your life, your spouse may be listening. Your kids are listening. The friends that you may go to school with are listening. The people at your workplace are listening. The people that are around you in the sense of our neighborhood, the people in our cities are listening. The people in our neighborhoods are listening. The people in our world are listening. And the best part about it is that this is for them as well because it says that the chains of every, everyone say every, the chains of every prisoner fell off. You see, your willingness to be different will often have an impact on those around you. The question I have for you is will your impact help chains fall off or will your impact tighten their hold? Encourage you dare to be different. Supporting scripture, John 13, 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Church, if you want God to use you, show up. Dare to be different. And the third point, Stay on mission. Say that with me this morning. Stay on mission. Now, there's already been powerful things taking place in this story, and I feel like this is the moment where God is kind of setting up the stage for the grand finale because it's not done yet. And I want to watch this, watch this together. Let's read it now in verse 27 through 33. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with them and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. And then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. Powerful portion of scripture. 
Think about this for a moment. Their hour of deliverance had come. I mean, their chains had fallen off. The prison doors had, had flung wide open. Let's not, be, let's not be joking around here. If that was me or you, we'd probably be running out right away. We're like, I'm out of here. See you next week, right? Why didn't they leave? Why didn't they run away when they had the chance? You see, when you have the mindset of staying on mission, you have an awareness that God's deliverance extends beyond you. Let me say that again. When you have a mindset of staying on mission, we have an awareness of God's deliverance that extends beyond us. Think about that for a moment. Why am I here on this earth? Am I here just to suck up all the oxygen I can and try to store up all the things I can get for myself? Of all my accomplishments and all my achievements and all the gains I can get in this world, not saying those things are not important. That's not the only reason why we're here. We are here for each other. We are here for the world around us. Even the book of Matthew says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You see, salt and light are not just to be distinct from their environment. They have the power to influence their environment. And that's exactly what Paul and Silas did. And it influenced their environment. Starting with the narrative of this little girl who was demon-possessed, now experiencing freedom, that I know would change the trajectory of her life, it'll change the trajectory of her family's life, and the ripple effect that will have in her community. And then what all the prisoners that were listening? We don't get to even hear those stories, right? We don't even get to know how many, were, how many prisoners were in those prison cells. But now all of them have been released, recognizing and hearing that in that darkest hour, there's people singing and worshiping. And there was this powerful earthquake that caused these doors to open, their chains to fall off. I mean, come on, that's going to make an impact on someone that says, hold on, I got to tell you a story of what happened to me when I was in prison. And now the jailer, the jailer says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. First Peter 3.15 says this, instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always, everyone say always, always be ready to explain it. You see, I think all along, they had shown up. They had dared to be different. And they knew the bigger picture. They knew by staying on mission, I believe they were ready for this moment with the jailer the whole time. Because they stayed on mission, the entire household was saved. If you think about that, how else does the gospel of Jesus Christ go from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, into our workplaces, into our schools, and how we do what we do, how we run our businesses, how we raise our kids. How does it happen? It's by people like you and me to help make a difference in this world that I want to be a part of your mission, God. I think back in the fall of 2016, my wife and I were, my family were serving here as, as pastors in a different capacity and, 
Uh, we were content with what was going on and what life was giving us in the moment. We were loving what we were doing. We were pastoring. And then came kind of a knock on the door, uh, thus saith the Lord, through our very own lead pastor, Pastor Nate Roosh, and says, hey, I think you're supposed to be our, our Elk River location pastor. And I said, thank you. I love you and I trust your voice, but let me hear from the Lord as well, right? And so my family and I, we went back and we prayed and we said, God, is this you? Because we're happy, we're content, enjoying family, raising kids, and enjoying everything that that comes with it. But God, we're going to seek your face. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to listen to your voice. We took our kids in on that journey as well, and we said, hey, guys, God doesn't just speak to adults. God speaks to kids as well. And there was this time of our family where we were seeking the Lord's face and said, God, are you in this? And sure enough, we felt, God, this is of you. This is your calling for our life. And because you said so, we will go. You see, we need to stay on mission. And with that came a lot of transition. Job and kids and school and community and being coaches through the years and all these things. It was a, it was a big adjustment. But when you know when you're right smack dab in the middle of God's will, you just know that you know that you know that it's right. You know that when things are going on around us that you're still worshiping. You're still praising the Lord and saying, I get it, Lord. I believe that you're all in this. And because you're all in this, we're all in this. And we haven't looked back. No regrets whatsoever. God's doing powerful things at our Elk River location. We're starting a building project here in just a few short weeks. Our kids' ministry is busting at the seams. Our youth ministry is busting at the seams. God's doing some fun, powerful things, and lives are being transformed. But I say thank you to the Lord that shows us that there's still a bigger picture, that we're to stay on mission. And I don't know what that may be for you. You might be just like me or experiencing things in your own life where you're like going, hey, this is, this is good. Things are feeling good right now. I encourage you to listen to the promptings of Holy Spirit. Because I want we make sure that we all stay on mission to recognize God may not be fully done with us yet. When I think about my life making a difference, when I think about your life making a difference, when I think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, realizing what was ahead of him, the cross was before him, praying, beginning to sweat blood. And he says, Father, if there's any way that this cup can be taken from me, so be it. But nonetheless, not my will, may your will be done. And just like it was for Jesus, like it is for us, we have the encouragement that we can partner with Holy Spirit. About my life making a difference, your life making a difference, and saying, Holy Spirit, would you go with me today? Would you help me be a parent today? Would you help me to see the people that you've placed in my pathway today? Would you be able to help me teach the way that you want me to teach and coach the way that I need to coach? Would you help me run the business that you've asked for me to run? Holy Spirit, I wanna partner with you. Give me an awareness of what you want to do that extends beyond me and help me to stay on mission. So the challenge I want to give to you today is time is short. And I do know that Jesus 
is going to return very soon. And I don't want us to waste our life just trying to chase these endless things or these insig- make it an insignificant mark or even selfish marks for that reason. But instead, I believe that it comes through surrendering our lives to the part of the kingdom of God so that God can make the most significant mark through us. Today, the good news is this, is that as we see God powerfully working through the book of Acts, that he still today, church, is looking for people just like me, just like you, to want to make a difference in this world. And the good news is that we can still be a part of that. That we can be a part of that right now, today. And that is exciting, contagious-like. We want to just jump in and say, yes, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I ask that you would speak and show me what my purpose is so that I can go and make a difference in this world around me. So the action steps this week, I encourage you to show up. Everyone say, show up. Show up. It's important that you're, you're, you're fully present physically in the things and responsibilities that you have, right? So show up physic, physically, but show up spiritually. I encourage you, dare to be different. When things seem bleak and dim, you don't always know what tomorrow holds and the uncertainty that holds with that. Would you dare to be different and sing a different song? Because I promise you, there are people that are listening. There are people that are listening that need to know Jesus. They need to know it through maybe your actions and reactions and then just to stay on mission. God, help me to keep plowing forward. Keep my hand on the plow, God. You're not done yet. There's many people around us. You've come to seek and save the lost and you wish that none would perish. Lord, help me to be a part of that and what you want me to do in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet, all locations. Pray here. Isn't God good, amen? Father God, we just pray in this moment. God, that your word is powerful. That your word is effective. And that it doesn't return void. And I pray, God, in this moment, the sound of my voice from those gathered here in all of our locations and those watching online. We pray, God, that you would speak profoundly. God, we pray that you would speak powerfully, prophetically, God, into every single person here today. That, God, we desire that we want to make an impact in this world around us. God, help us to show up this week. Help us to recognize the things that are happening around us. God, help us to dare to be different when it seems like everything's kind of just going downstream, help us to be the ones that swim upstream to make a difference, to make an impact. And God, help us, God, to stay on mission. I pray that you be with my brothers and sisters this week, that you empower them, and we would partner with you, Holy Spirit, to be the most effective that we can this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen, amen, amen. Yes. Hey, I want us to do this. We're gonna go back into the song. But before we do that, can you just put your hands up like this? The song talks about that I will not remain silent. As long as that I have breath, I will continue to worship you. So Father God, I pray, as we go back into this worship moment, I pray, God, that we would be like the, the Paul and Silas's. I pray, God, we would be like climbing up that mountain 
and visiting people from across the miles. I pray we'd be like a Bonnie Salisbury who has overcome cancer, who's been told that they are remarkable. I pray, God, that you'd use our brothers and sisters here, God, that we will not remain silent. God, that we'd be able to show up, dare to be different, and stay on mission so we can have maximum impact for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's worship together this morning, church. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into the community, or join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.